Consider for a moment these two real scenarios. In the first situation, which occurred in 2013, a man posts pictures of his then-girlfriend onto his Twitter account and then also sent them to her employer and her sister. Girlfriend didn't give permission for him to do this. In the second, from early 2019, a woman views the Instagram account of her ex-boyfriend and sees a post of a video that depicts her performing oral sex on the boyfriend. She can tell that it's her in the video, and even more, the caption of the post provides the victim's initials and states that, quote, she is a hoe. Now, the woman knows the Instagram account belongs to the ex-boyfriend because she has communicated with him in the past via that account. Making things worse, the ex-boyfriend tells the woman that unless she gives him $400, he will expose her, quote, for the whore you are to the world. Now, surely there was a criminal statute that covered these rather unchivalrous acts, right? Well, no, for these victims, there wasn't, but now there is. I'm Paul Stein of Nifty, and this is a brief look at Penal Law Section 245.15, the Revenge Porn Law. The so-called revenge porn statute became effective in New York about a year ago, on September 21st of 2019, and it tries to keep pace with technology and the inventive ways that abusers use it to stalk, harass, intimidate, and threaten their victims. The statute, called Unlawful Dissemination or Publication of an Intimate Image, is a Class A misdemeanor. A legislative memorandum in support of the statute noted that because we live during, quote, an era of increased text messaging, social networking, and emailing, people in intimate relationships sometimes share pictures with each other, some of which can be sexually explicit in nature. However, recipients of these images do not always keep the images within the confines of the intimate relationship, have the ability to widely disseminate the photos on the internet, end quote. Now, the memorandum also recognizes that sometimes these uploaded images are accompanied by disparaging descriptions and identifying details such as where the victims live and work, as well as links to the victim's social network pages. The effect of posting these intimate materials on public sites is humiliating, embarrassing, and painful for the victims. It damages their reputations, employment and educational opportunities, and damages future private relationships. Additionally, victims of revenge porn are subjected to harassment and threats and stalking, and can suffer loss of employment. Now, prior to September 21st of 2019, existing criminal statutes failed to adequately address revenge porn situations, such as the two that I described at the top of the podcast. Now, remember the first situation, where the nude photos of the victim were posted on Twitter and also sent to her employer and sister? Well, this is People v. Barber, 2014 case from New York County. And there, the defendant was charged with three counts. Aggravated harassment in the second degree, Penal Law Section 240.30, Subdivision 1. Dissemination of an unlawful surveillance image in the second degree, Penal Law Section 250.55. And public display of offensive sexual material, Penal Law Section 245.11a. All of these charges are Class A misdemeanors, 
and the defendant successfully moved to dismiss them for facial insufficiency. And how did the defendant win? Well, with respect to the dissemination of an unlawful surveillance image, Penal Law 250.55, the court held that the statute required that the disseminated image must have been obtained unlawfully and that the defendant knew that the image was obtained unlawfully. There were no facts supporting that element, so that charge was dismissed. Regarding aggravated harassment in the second degree, the court found that the accusatory instrument does not allege that the defendant either communicate directly with the complainant or that he induced others to do so. Accordingly, the court dismissed that count. And finally, the court dismissed public display of offensive sexual material, Penal Law 245.11a, noting that, quote, merely posting nude pictures on a Twitter account or sending them to a small number of individuals does not violate this section. Okay, what about the second situation? Defendant posting an Instagram video of the victim engaging in oral sex, identifying her with her initials, and then telling her that unless she pays him $400, he'll let the world know she is a whore. Well, this was the situation in People v. Ahmed, found at 64 Miscellaneous 3rd, page 601, from the Bronx County in 2019, notably before the revenge porn statute was enacted. In this case, the defendant was charged with a New York City administrative code that attempted to address revenge porn and harassment in the second degree, 24026 subdivision 3. Now, in granting the defendant's pretrial motion to dismiss both counts for facial insufficiency of the accusatory instrument, the court found, quote, there are no allegations about the circumstances of the recording or even that there were no other people involved in the act or the recording, unquote. The court required facts showing how the video was recorded or, quote, how it came to be in the defendant's possession, unquote. Now, it seems from the decision that the court, without clearly stating it, found insufficient facts showing that it was the defendant who engaged in a course of conduct or repeatedly commits acts as required by harassment second degree, 24026 subdivision 3, against the victim. So now the stage is set for new penal law section 245.15, which attempts to address this conduct by prohibiting non-consensual dissemination of intimate images that may have been created consensually and even willingly given to the defendant. So let's go through it. Under subdivision 1, a person is guilty of unlawful dissemination or publication of an intimate image when a with intent to cause harm to the emotional, financial, or physical welfare of another person, he or she intentionally disseminates or publishes a still or video image of such other person who is identifiable from the still or video image itself or from information displayed in connection with the still or video image without such other person's consent. Let me stop there for a moment and just note that the victim's lack of consent is to the dissemination of the image or the video, not to the creation of it, or even how the defendant obtained the material. The defendant's intent is twofold. One, he has to intend to cause harm to the emotional, financial, or physical welfare of another person, and two, intentionally disseminate the material without the victim's consent. One other note, that's interesting here. The victim does not have to be identifiable in the still or video image itself. 
but she can be identified from other information that's displayed in connection with the still or video image. Okay, what does that image have to depict? Well, under 245.15.1a sub i, it has to depict an unclothed or exposed intimate part of such person or such person engaging in sexual conduct as defined in subdivision 10 of section 130.00 of the penal law with another person. Okay, so it has to show an intimate part that's defined within 245.15 subdivision 2, meaning naked genitals, pubic area, anus, or the female nipple, or that person engaging in sexual conduct which has its penal law definition under 130.00, subdivision 10 of the penal law. Okay, finally, the last requirement to prove this crime under section 245.15, subdivision B, requires that such still or video image was taken under circumstances when the person depicted, your victim, had a reasonable expectation that the image would remain private and the actor knew or reasonably should have known that the person depicted intended for the still or video image to remain private, regardless of whether the actor was present when the still or video image was taken. So putting all those things together in the statute, you have to prove four elements. And this is outlined in the pattern jury instructions. You have to prove that the defendant disseminated or published a still or video image of another person who was identifiable from that still or video image itself or from information displayed in connection with the still or video image without that person's consent. You have to prove that what the image depicted was an unclothed or exposed intimate part of such other person that's defined for you in 245.15, or you have to show that the image depicted such other person engaging in sexual conduct with another person. That's your 130.00 subdivision 10 definition. Number three, you have to prove that the defendant did so intentionally and with the intent to cause harm to the emotional, financial, or physical welfare of another person. And finally, you have to show that regardless of whether the defendant was present when the stiller video image was taken, the stiller video image was taken under circumstances when the person depicted had a reasonable expectation that the image would remain private and the defendant knew or reasonably should have known that the person depicted intended for the stiller video image to remain private. Those are the four elements you have to show in the revenge porn statute. Now, subdivision 3 of section 245.15 talks about conduct that does not violate this statute, and that includes A, reporting of unlawful conduct, B, dissemination or publication of an intimate image made during lawful and common practices of law enforcement, legal proceedings, or medical treatment, C, images involving voluntary exposure in a public or commercial setting, or D, dissemination or publication of an intimate image made for a legitimate public purpose. Now, finally, one thing to be aware of, there's also a civil remedy under New York civil rights law that allows victims of revenge porn to seek damages. This could include recourse against any website, quote, that hosts or transmits a still or video image taken under circumstances where the person depicted had a reasonable expectation of privacy which depicts an unclothed or exposed intimate part for a resident of New York engaging in sexual conduct. Now, victims can elect to pursue both the criminal and civil remedies, or they can pick one. 
So New York has taken steps to address the revenge porn problem. And since the statute's only a year old, there's no case law on it yet. But it's something to keep in mind as you work with crime victims who have endured this type of abuse. Remember, it's not okay, as King George thinks, for spurned exes to send a fully armed battalion, or even to commit revenge porn, to remind people of their love. Until next time, I'm Paul Stein. Remember that I served you well Oceans rise, empires fall We have seen each other through it all And when push comes to shove I will send a fully armed battalion To remind you of my love <laughs>